Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Will you pray with me? Lord God, it's an honor to hear your word, preach your word. And so I pray for my friends in this room, including myself, that we would respond by your word, that your spirit through your word would shape us and continue to send us into your mission. And all God's people said, amen. So we've been in this series, Ears to Hear, on hearing. We've talked about how we hear God, how God hears us. And for me, I think the most helpful thing that I've taken away so far is this idea that obedience and hearing are connected, right? That if we're obeying and doing what God wants us to do, that means our hearing check has come in well, that we're doing well. And if we're not hearing, then often we're not doing what Jesus wants us to do, what he's called us to do. So I think the stakes are going up even higher today as we read Luke 8, and it's where Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. Yeah, this is the text that Tim, our new pastor, gave me to preach on my last Sunday of (laughs) demons and pigs and all. But Dale Bruner calls this text a chaos miracle. So I'm going to read Luke 8, 26 through 39, and you will see how this is a chaos miracle. And you'll also see that this is not about pigs and demons. God wants us to see something deeper. Verse 26, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. So across geographically, but also across culturally where the disciples are going. And when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained, hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion. In other translations, it says regiment, meaning like 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. He's saying, that's how many demons are inside of me. Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, And the demons begged Jesus to let them to go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, can you imagine, by the way? They ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus... They found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. 
Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and he left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Amen. So let me ask you a question as we dive deeper into this text. If you were preparing to go on a trip, would you say that you're a person that's more about the journey or the destination? Are you the type of person that like, let's, wherever we're going, that's fine, let's just go, you enjoy the journey, or do you kind of like to know where you're going, when you'll get there, who will be there, and what the, what the plan will be? So I'm going to start with the second one. Raise your hand if you're a destination person. You kind of like to know details. Where am I going? Okay, John Goodale, I see you, okay. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're a journey person. It doesn't matter, let's just go. Wow, okay. Jim Dejournet, okay, Katie, I see you. So I'm not picking on either group. Does anyone want to guess which group I fall into? But as I read this text, and if you hear last week, Tim was preaching about the disciples in the boat. They follow Jesus, they get in the boat, they almost drown. Then this week, they get in the boat again, and they go meet a man named Legion who's naked, screaming, and full of demons. Think about this for a second. They didn't know the destination. And I know some of us want to know the destination. I get that. But why in the world did the disciples get back in the same boat? Some of you are thinking, oh my Lord. I'm sure some of the disciples are destination people thinking, could we please know where we're going? But think about this just for a second. Why did they get back in the boat? Here's what I believe. I think their ears were starting to work. Their spiritual ears were working better and better. Regardless of the destination they got in the boat, yes, they almost drowned, but then they heard the greatest sermon ever about faith and Jesus calmed the storm. They get in the boat again and there's more chaos. They meet this man named Legion. But yet again, Jesus teaches them a powerful lesson. Regardless of the destination, these disciples are getting it. They keep following Jesus. Same thing happens in the text that John read, Genesis 12, the call of Abram. He's saying, God is saying, leave your country, everything you know, everything is familiar, and go over here. And what are the only details that Abram gets? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you. You'll be a blessing. Now, here's my question for all of us. Is that enough? Is that enough information, even for destination people? Is that enough information to go and follow Jesus? I hope it is. I want to talk about the boat for a second. Now, the boat is a character in the story that kind of gets passed by a little bit, but the story starts with the fact that they just start sailing to the other side. Dale Bruner, and I've shared this with you before, Dale Bruner says, when you see the boat, think about the church, right? The disciples get into the boat, and the boat isn't tied to the dock or up on the shore. It goes to the rough waters, And in a lot of texts you'll read, it goes to the other side, meaning the places where there might be darkness or difficulty, that's where the boat or the church is called to go. The church is not a sightseeing cruise ship, right? It's a lifeboat. 
It's a lifeboat. Why? Because Jesus is at the helm. He's the captain of the ship. And where the church goes, where Jesus goes, there is life, there is light that's brought into the darkness. That is what the church is called to be about. It's a life raft because Jesus is driving the boat. And so where does this boat take them? So think about this for the second. It takes them to meet this man named Legion. It takes them into rough waters. It takes them to the other side. And I want to pause for a second. Let's talk about this boat, the SS First Press. I think it's a good name for a church. For 144 years, the SS First Press has been rescuing and bringing life to people in the neighborhood, people in the pews, people all across the globe have been hearing about the redemption of Jesus Christ through this particular boat. Jesus has been at the helm. And so with Jesus at the helm, we're not sure where we're gonna go. We don't always know the destination. And today we wind up with a friend named Legion, a naked man possessed with demons living in darkness. Okay, so watch closely. We're gonna look at the captain. We're gonna look at Jesus because every time we look at Christ, it re- he reveals to us the heart of our heavenly father. You wanna know the character of God? Watch Jesus. The action of Jesus reveals to us who our God is. Amen? So let's watch what the captain does as he steps ashore. First of all, he's not alarmed. Now, Tim said this last week and I thought it was a great point. In the boat, everyone is panicking last week as, it's, as, it's drown- as they feel they're drowning. Jesus isn't alarmed. Now this week, the next episode, they meet a demoniac named Legion. Jesus is not alarmed. And I love what Tim said. It would be a bad thing if we went to Jesus and he's panicking. Oh my gosh, there really is a demoniac, right? But he's not, he's not alarmed. And I find that helpful. That that Dale Bruner says this great thing. He said that it's Jesus who stills the storms of both the sea and the soul. That Jesus stills the storm of both the sea and the soul. Okay, let's keep watching Jesus to see what it reveals to us about God. Did you realize that the demons, the thousands of demons inside overtaking Legion, they recognized Jesus. Jesus didn't say a word yet. And they recognized the power and the authority of Christ. They didn't want to go down to the abyss. They wanted to be sent out into some pigs. But before Jesus says a word, they recognize his authority. What does that tell you about your God? And then Jesus finally speaks. And what does he do? He asks a question. He asks a question. So if we want to work on our hearing, our question asking must come along. Because asking good questions says that we care and that we're hearing. And I have to admit, every time Jesus asks a question, I'm thinking, is that the best question you had, Jesus? This one he says, what is your name? Now let's stop for a second. There's pigs going off cliffs. There's demons everywhere. I've got other questions besides what is your name? Why does Jesus ask, what is your name? Why do you think Jesus says, what is your name? Here's what I believe. I think what Jesus is asking is saying, hey brother, what is it like to be you? What's it like being you out here all by yourself, naked, tortured, darkness everywhere? Tell me. And he does. He said, there's thousands of demons inside of me. My name's Legion. So I think Jesus hears enough and Jesus responds and the demons are cast out. 
Now, here's what a run-in with Jesus looks like for Legion. So let's go back to the beginning of the story. This is what happens with Legion, with an authentic run-in with the living God. Maybe you have a similar story of a run-in with the living God. So when we meet Legion, he's naked. And by the end, he's clothed. When we meet him, he's living among tombs, death. And at the end, he's sent home, back to where he's from to share about the life of Jesus. When we meet Legion, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. The end of the story, he's seated at the feet of Jesus, listening. When we meet Legion, he's out of his mind. And at the end, the text says, he was in his right mind. What does this tell you about your God? I would say this, proximity matters. Proximity matters. That it's really hard to love those you've never listened to. Think about that. That's part of our call, to understand the need and the hurt in this world. Proximity matters. We must be close, close to our God vertically who sends us close to others horizontally so we can hear, we can say, what is your name? What is it like to be you regardless of your beliefs or where you live? Proximity matters. I said this little thing this week that you can't hear if you're not near. Think about that for a second. You really can't hear the needs of the people in this world unless we are near and we're willing to hear what they have to say and to listen to them. Jesus enters the whole text. All of our texts, God keeps entering into the neighborhood. Jesus enters and he shows us as a church, keep entering, keep entering into the darkness and needs of this world. If you think about it, just this sanctuary, there are doors everywhere. After this service, you all can get out all these doors. So you can come in these doors, right? But they're also there so you can get out of here. Scram. It's important that you don't sleep here and stay here. These, these pews would not be comfortable. You're called to leave these doors with the light of Jesus inside of you to the places where God places you. So that people may see the hope and light of Jesus Christ in every task you do in this community. That's why we have a benediction. We send you with the hope and light of Jesus Christ. The church was made for mission, God's mission. It's not that the church has its own mission. Our mission is God's mission and we participate in this mission. We've heard that many times in this church. That's what I love about First Press. We believe that and we talk about it. But, but I'll tell you something, the mission is difficult. The mission is really difficult. I believe if we're participating in the mission of God, we are being stretched and it's uncomfortable and it takes us places we might not normally choose. And this Tuesday, I am gonna do one of those things. Last week, there was a 23-year-old man in our community who was murdered. And on Tuesday, I'll be leading his funeral. Let me ask you a question. If you were me, what would you say at that funeral? There's darkness and grief and pain and confusion, alienation, all these things happening with this group who have lost a friend. If you're me and you want to take this role on Tuesday, what do you say? I want to be honest with you. I'm a bit nervous. I am a bit nervous that God is sending me to this place. But I'm confident too. I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in the one I come and I represent. That I'm going in representing a God who enters into darkness 
and hopelessness and chaos to bring light and life. That's the God I serve. It's the God who weeps over the loss of a friend, that's our God, and who weeps over the darkness in this world and the brokenness in this world, and he's near, I believe that. Jesus not only weeps, but he restores and redeems. And I don't only believe that because I've heard it in sermons or read it in texts. I believe it and I receive this message because I'm a recipient of it. That there was someone named Hunter who was willing to get outside of his comfortable place to go sit with a bunch of guys in a fraternity house to hear us and tell us the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. Some of this, this story resonates with some of you because you resonate with Legion, with this man. You'd say, I've experienced darkness and someone was willing to come and, and bring the light of Jesus to me. And so you resonate with Legion. Others of you, Legion's in your family. Legion's your neighbor. Legion is someone you work with who's experiencing the darkness, whether it be demonic darkness or other shades of darkness that we feel in this world, the absence of Christ and the absence of hope. Tim McConnell said this in a meeting this week and I thought it was so helpful. He said, it is not merciful to allow people to live in darkness. Think about that for a second. It is not merciful to allow people to live in darkness. And I praise Jesus that a guy named Hunter said, you know what, I agree. I'm gonna go to this place with these knuckleheaded guys because I want them to know Jesus and I happen to be one of them. And here I stand before you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the only one. There's people in this room who have been redeemed by the hope and light of Jesus Christ. People who are willing to get outside of their comfort zone to share the love and hope grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. So here's how the story ends, and it's great. Legion, this man you're looking at, Jesus says, return home and tell how much God has done for you. I love that. Sometimes Jesus says, come and follow me. This time he says to Legion, think about that, go home. Go back to the place so they can see this person who is full of demons, naked and strapped down, has been freed and go tell them what Jesus has done for you. Now, I don't fully compare myself to Legion, but I received this call from Jesus too, as in a little over a week, my wife and I and two daughters were going home. We're going back to a place where we met, to Wilmington, North Carolina, to share what Jesus has done. In the last almost nine years in this church, what we've learned and how we've been stretched, we're going back and we want them to know what Jesus has done. You know, I named this church that I'm going to start Hope Community. And for me, one of my favorite symbols has become the symbol of the anchor. We have a Sunday school class here called Anchor. Hebrews 6 says that Jesus is the anchor of our souls. It's a symbol of hope. That when the early Christians were dying, some of them would put the anchor on their tombstone to remind people that this world might be going crazy, but Christ is the anchor. I think it's a great name for a church. When people are nervous about this world, things happening in this world, the darkness in the world. Yet Christ is the anchor. He has been, he is, and always be the anchor. Amen. Now my church, compared to this boat, the SS First Press, is just gonna be a little dinghy at first. <laughs> but we pray that it's a powerful dinghy to share the hope of Jesus Christ in Wilmington, North Carolina, because we believe darkness is real but we believe that the light has overcome darkness. 
And we live in that power. So first press, SS first press. May Jesus remain at the helm of this boat and may he continue to bring this boat to places where hope is at risk to every nook and cranny of this community. May you keep hearing him and may you keep listening to the needs of others because it's in that place that you will share the everlasting hope of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that you are a God that goes and you go to the difficult and hard places and you take the church with you. God, we're grateful that this place for 144 years has been going and will continue to go in the power and strength of Jesus Christ, bringing hope and mercy to each part of our world, that you have a mission and God, help us to hear and be obedient to that mission. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.